Welcome to Finding Emo, our podcast where we discuss our favorite albums from the early aughts and thereabouts. I am Blake Fisher, of course, and I'm joined by Chris Monier and Kyle Simmons, of course, because we host this podcast. Hey. As you know, every, it was every our idea. episode yes. of this podcast. Uh, we appreciate you joining in and listening to the podcast. We'd love it if you gave us a glowing five-star review on iTunes and le- left us a review. And if you subscribe to the podcast, here's an example of a review you can give us. Uh, we're, this is an actual real review from uh, Megan Diesel. I don't know what emo is or what any of these albums are, but I listen just for Kyle's sweet, sweet voice. Five stars. That's fine. That's a That's perfectly plenty, good review. That as a template. That's plenty of reason to give us five stars. That's a great reason. <laughs> Kyle's voice is, uh, is sweet. sweet. We like it very much. So today we are actually, we lied to you once again. Uh, <laughs> we're not doing Maze the Everglow. And here's why. Like, here's the, just full disclosure. Uh, we, Dave, the singer from May, has agreed to do the podcast with us, but they were super busy with, uh, we're actually recording this on the Saturday night that they did their like live stream of doing the Everglow live. And last night they did Destination Beautiful live. So I think they were just a little busy, so we didn't have time to schedule it. So we didn't really want to do the album uh, without him. So we're going to reschedule it. So that's the that's the reason why we keep delaying the May Everglow album. Uh, we will do it uh, when Dave can join us because we think that would be fun to talk to him about it. So today, instead, um, we're doing one that we promised a friend of ours that we would do in the first 10 episodes but have not yet. So we're doing Saves the Day, Stay What You Are, because uh, it's kind of a classic from that era that we all love, and I can't, I can't believe it took us this many episodes to get into it. So without uh, further ado, Chris Monier, take it away on what research you found out about this album, if any. Well, yeah, it was kind of hard to find a lot of information. Uh, you know, I was telling these guys before we started taping um, that, you know, usually when we're researching these albums, you know, it's like you Google it and boom, you've got alternative press articles, Wikipedia. Uh, this one, I was surprised how little information um, there was about it. Now, luckily, uh, this is one of my favorite records of all time, so I kind of just know stuff about this record. Um, the nitty gritties here. Uh, you know, some of the ideas and uh, themes of this album were kind of formed when these guys got in a uh, a van wreck in March of 2000. I actually remember seeing them at Warp Tour in the year 2000, and um, the guitar player, uh, at, I think Dave, is Dave the guitar player? Um, his His teeth were still like, gone <laughs> it's like he they got in a really bad uh van accident so um i think that brought them probably closer together as a band of course they all survived um everything worked out okay except for the except for the teeth um so they get new teeth though you can especially yep. with that sweet sweet vagrant money they're about to get <laughs> um you know uh so the um the first two records uh, were on equal vision uh kind of a post-hardcore sound um, then they, they got signed to Vagrant. They started recording this record in the winter of 2001. It was spread over three studios in Los Angeles. Um, and they just went to work, um, started uh, making a record, a little bit of um, Beatles influence. Um, you know, they, they slowed down things a bit, tried to find uh, you know, kind of a unique turn on, on their uh, harder sound. And you can, you, you can hear them evolving from, uh, you know, can't slow down to through being cool. Um, and then on this record, you know, this is more like a straight pop rock and roll record with some post hardcore themes um, and some uh, some some emo themes. Um, and it, it's a it's a tremendous record um, that, you know, the the scene was just kind of opening up for, for bands like this. Um, Vagrant Records had put out the Get Up Kids record and it was very successful. And 
you know, these guys actually were going to be on Warp Tour in 2001 as well and decided to jump off Warp Tour. And if, if you know anything about being in a band, like to make the decision to not go on Warp Tour, uh, it's kind of a crazy thing to do because Warp Tour is what you do when you're in a punk rock band and you're successful and you're promoting a record. But um, the infinite wisdom of Rich Egan, he decided to put all these bands on a tour together that if you were, you know, from the age of 16 to 25, I guarantee you were probably there, uh, the Vagrant Across America tour, which uh, helped propel these guys into even to more fame. Um, you know, they, they, uh, the young band from, from New Jersey, they were on Conan O'Brien. They did a song on Craig Kilborn. This record was about as massive as it got for a band of their size. And, and for all of us that had been listening to them for years, we were you know just absolutely stoked um, for, for, for them to have the success they had. And uh, this record is just, it's epically beautiful, well put together, well crafted songs. It's hard to believe how young these guys were uh, when they made it because uh, it's it's a it's a pretty pretty damn close to a perfect rock and roll record, if you ask me. Um, so yeah, that's that's uh, that's the information I have about it. I don't know if I left anything out or if you guys. Um, oh, one 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 more note I will mention is that um, they they had done. Um, uh, they had done their first two records with another producer, uh, Neil Evitz. And um, I think initially they were going to go with him for a third time, um, but they ended up going with a different producer producer. So um, that kind of helped shape their sound a little more too. So what did it, do you know what it sold? Uh, total? I see. I could not even find that information. I know it sold about 170,000 copies in the first two years. I don't know like where it's at now. Uh, the Wikipedia article, like go read it. It It's not written well. Like we need to go in there and maybe do some editing. Like there's some <laughs> grammar mistakes. Uh, there's a few like inconsistencies. Like he says one thing's true and then another thing becomes true later. Yeah, it's all the time. It's like, <laughs> who's fact checking this stuff? I know, yeah. but I thought this was a monster record. I, w- I would think that I, I, I guess it's just one of those moments where you realize like, uh, you know, the world has moved on. It's been 20 years. So, um, but yeah, um, that it's definitely something, um, but I, I would imagine it maybe got close to going gold by now. Um, but I don't, I don't know for sure. Yeah. Still. I mean, that, that probably indicates a couple hundred grand at least in sales. If that's the first yeah. couple of years I would imagine, which is pretty good. I mean, that would have to be, I mean, not, dashboard confessionals giant album has not come out at this point or whatever. And so, right. right. That one, you know, a place you've come to fear the most wasn't even gold when he did the MTV unplugged. So, right. You know, we were right at that point where they were sales were starting to not be in the millions or like going gold. Wasn't just the like, like token thing that was so easy to do in the, in the early two thousands that kind of changed a little bit, but um, yeah, that's, that's still that's a significant number of records for sure. Um, well, I mean, let's talk about first impressions. And I feel like you guys were definitely earlier to this band than I was. So, I mean, Chris, let's start with you. What was your first impression of this record? When did you well, get it? You're like the band, right? Oh, I, I loved the band. I and I was pulling everybody in on the. This is one of those bands where I I kind of caught wind of them first in my like little pod of friends. So I was pulling everybody in. Like you've got to listen to, you've got to listen to through being cool. It's one of the gr- coolest records I've ever heard. And um, w- one thing that Vagrant was doing was they were putting these really cool websites up uh, that they're called Flash websites. Um, at, well, sorry, you guys know what Flash is now. It was kind of a big deal at the time to to have a cool moving website. Um, so they, they put song clips up and I remember the first time I saw it was basically the record kind of like moving up on the screen and it was just the intro of cars and calories, you know, gank, 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 yep. gank. And 
when I first heard that, I was like, okay, this is a little different. I'm not sure uh, what direction they're going in, but um, when you put the seat, when you put the CD in, and it had that cool. Remember, Vagrant did those cool boxes where you had the sleeve and you pull the sleeve mm-hmm. out, and it had mm-hmm. all the artwork and everything. And it was, it was all more white, like a, it was more like a like record the Beatles sleeve. White album. Yeah, no, exactly. Like they, it was the whole experience of opening. It was like opening an iPhone. It was like really exciting. Um, and and then when you hit, hear that first, uh, you know, guitar note on at your funeral, and then uh, they they start getting into it on the verse, and uh, I I I bet I list this record. 70 times in a row and nothing but this record for for all all of the summer of 2001 <laughs> uh kyle yours uh first impressions so i'm gonna i i'm gonna cheat and say i along with my first impression like my first mem- memories of this time involve my birthday buddy chris because when uh when this record first came out uh, we both played in bands that would play together sometimes. And honestly, I think we all liked each other just fine, but our fans were very different from one another. I think, yeah. oh my gosh, I, yeah. I, like could not be more different from one another. And, um, and so like, it was just always weird, even though I liked all of you guys all the time. This was, I think Blake, this was before you were playing all the time with them. But like was, the one thing sure. I remember is every time we would load up, I would, talk to Chris about records like hey have you listened to this are you listening to this are you listening to this so funny now that I hear so much about like social situations making you nervous Chris because I was probably just like (laughs) ruining your night but (laughs) oh no no I was like talking to you I I I was kind of a you were like one of my heroes like I was trying to do it do music as well as you so the fact that you took time to talk to me was always it was always nice I was like oh maybe I'm cool enough to talk to Kyle like maybe I'm doing this right (laughs) I remember I remember I remember talking to you about this record and I remember everybody else in the bands we were in like clearing out being clearly being annoyed with how much we loved it and had (laughs) no interest in wanting to talk about it and like I remember distinctly like this is not just a guy I talk to. We're kind of friends. You know what I mean? Like it was saves the day that did it. Uh, my first impression of this record is that it kicked major, butt. I still put it on. And like, even though Chris had like the, you know, the genre and sh- sub genre descriptors, I still don't know how I described this record. And it's weird to me that none of their other records sound like this one. And this one is just so, so good. Um, I if like someone loves this record, I don't know. I don't say like, oh, well, you should go listen to this because nothing sounds quite like this record. I agree. Um, And so, man, it's just special. It kicks butt. I loved it from the start. And that's my first impression. So before I talk about my first impression, I'm just curious because you guys like Saves the Day before. Did it did it throw you off at all? Because, I mean, we've talked about other records where there's kind of a change in direction for the band. Like, was it like, was it a turnoff at all because it was so different from through being cool? Here's why for me it wasn't. Um, Because these in through being cool, these, these dudes were 15, 16 years old. And so I think that's why it was less strange because it's like, Oh, they're actually children and they're, you know what I mean? Like they're maturing. And, and, uh, so it wasn't that strange to me. And also I, I just thought it was good instantly. So it didn't, it didn't bother, bother me. And, and still like it didn't, I don't think it challenged me like stylistically. It was different, but even now I can't quite put my finger on 
what's so different about it because it is just a rock and roll record, but it is distinctly different from all the rest of their stuff. So yeah, that's no, well said. It di- didn't I, bother I, me. No, it didn't bother me one bit. It, it it didn't feel like a natural evolution from through being cool. It just felt like this one standoff, amazing piece of music. Um, and it, of course, like there's some stylistic things about Chris, the way he sings, the way he writes lyrics that no matter what kind of music he's making, like those themes are going to mm-hmm. run their course through the song. So all those themes are there. Um, uh, but you know, like, and through being cool, we've got like the forbidden beat, you know, like yeah. we've got really fast guitars, crunchy metal guitars. And then on this record, you know, it opens up with this, the cleanest guitar note you've ever heard. Yeah, It almost mm-hmm. doesn't sound like a guitar, which <laughs> yeah. we'll talk about when we get to track by track, but gosh, yeah, you're right. It's it. I can see why, uh, I can see why you would be thrown off potentially or be like, oh, I'm not into this or turn it off 10 seconds into the record or something potentially. But I was just curious because I'm, I'm in the different boat. My first impression I did. I think I memory's weird, you know, and I'm trying to remember back 20 years, but uh, I, I think I had heard through being cool, but I don't think I, I don't think I'd heard the whole record. I think I'd heard saves the day before, but not like in a, in a significant way. It wasn't a band. I was like a fan of, I don't think I'd really heard them. It's not like I didn't like it. I just hadn't really heard them. Uh, Chris, you lived in a different state at the time or else I probably would have heard of it. Um, would be my guess. Uh, and so, I mean, I remember clear as day the first time it was the very first trip I took with minutes too far. Uh, and we were, turning left uh, on on 36th and Ann Arbor when Loper threw it in the in the CD player and I mean like 12 seconds into it I'm just like like what is this you know <laughs> like uh and you know listen to the thing the whole way through and like I mean I immediately loved it it was just and, and same thing it was just different than it was it had these punk rock elements but it was also kind of just this rock album in a way but the and the guitar tones were all different than anything at the time everything else was way more like mesa boogie amp like you know just huge chunky guitars including their stuff that came before this record i mean and this one had this kind of like cool like just kind of overdriven tone to all the guitars but like just at the right amount it was never more gain than they needed and the drums were like felt like you were just sitting in front of the set. Like you could feel that room that they recorded in. Um, and yeah, it was, and I agree. It's just not, it's not something that easily translated for me of like, Oh, this sounds like this other thing or, Oh, this easily, you can go from this point to the, some other band that you're supposed to like. That's a good point. Kyle is that like, even with saves the day who I really like as a band and I really like a lot of their records, they don't have another one that sounds remotely like this record. Yeah. Um, and uh, sometimes maybe to their detriment a little bit, uh, as you know, we probably talk about at the end of this with their next one yeah. in Reverie. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I mean, I remember exactly where I was uh, hearing that opening track. I mean, that is what what a great way to to introduce like, hey, this is the this is us on this record. Um, and yeah, so I mean, it it, it left a significant first impression on me more so than there's not a lot of records I can think of like that where like, um, you know, the very, I know exactly where I was the very first time I heard a band or the very first, first time I heard a, an album or something. 
Um, and there's, you know, this just doesn't happen very often that something leaves that kind of impression. So no, I remember uh, where I bought the record. I bought it because I, I was on tour with that band I was in in Colorado. I bought I I we I I ha- I'm not making this up. I we I made the band sleep at Best Buy the night before so that when they woke up, I could walk in there and buy it. So we like <laughs> great. we basically slept in the parking lot. I mean, we 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 driven all night and it was like. 3 a.m. and I, I was like, hey, I know there's a Best Buy in Nebraska because, you know, I was like, they're only going to have like two or three copies. It's going to sell out. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I proceeded, like I said, to listen to it like 70 times in a row. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think we probably that was on that. It was a trip to Minnesota that I'm talking about. And we probably listened. I probably listened to it that many times uh, mm-hmm. on that trip, too. Uh, I don't, you all are probably sick of it because this was like early 2002. The record been out for mm-hmm nine or 10 months by the time I got around to it. So I was a little late to the game, but that's uh, okay. So, well, uh, should we go track by track on this thing? Start talking about all the amazing tracks that are on this. All right. Wonderful idea, Blake. Let's start with uh, at your funeral. Start at the beginning. It's a good place to to start. Chris, you were doing the most air guitaring on that, so you get to go first. Air basing. Be, air basing. Sorry. Sorry. Oh, air, air basing. Be, uh, air even right there. I couldn't see your left hand to know that you were air basing. I'm sorry. Okay. No, I'm, yeah. I'm, <laughs> there a, it is. I, I'm trying to learn the bass for the band with my kids, you know, because I, I know I'm going to get kicked out since I'm dad, so I might as well play. I think the I've band, mentioned the, this before. The member the, you yeah. kick out. Yeah, yeah. The, least, the least important uh, yep. instrument in the band. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, now I, I say that and then I want to talk about like right off the bat I love the freaking bass on this record I can't get enough of it I can't believe how incredibly good Eben is at the bass for how old he was when he made this record I mean how old was like he 20 sh- right I mean they're like yeah I mean I know Chris yeah. is 20 when this record's made I don't know if they're all about the same age but that's yeah. pretty yeah he's really good yeah Um. and it just like I said like you said, it starts off with that clean guitar, and then you know, even if you kind of like listen to the the rhythm of the guitar, the you know, it's it's like almost like a dancey like fifties mm-hmm. sixties Beatle kind of vibe, but with the big guitars and there is a fifties rock like, and roll feel to it that I've never yes. thought about before. But you're right, that kind of has it's just like a little faster, but yeah, it's a good. But it like works. That. It works. Yeah. It just works, and you love it from the moment you start listening to it. Uh, yeah, obviously this was one of their big singles from that record, and for good reason. It's a fantastic song. Kyle, what are your thoughts on "At Your Funeral"? Uh, same exact thing. I mean, the, when I heard this kid playing the bass, it was just like, "What the heck!" And I challenge anybody that's like listening to it in their car for the first time and hasn't noticed, like, just take your fingers on the steering wheel and play along. Like he's playing freaking fast. He's also like, he's in the pocket the whole time, but he's like, he he's he's grooving dude like not straight away at all like he's playing a very cool bass part not easy to play um and he's he just rips it up all over this record um i also love that uh it wasn't on the clip but i love the uh 
Is, isn't there like a harmonic in that what it starts the the song starts with? Kind I don't of? think that's a harmonic. I think I, I literally tried to listen to it earlier just to go like, okay, like it's just a it's just a guitar part. I think it's just kind of the tones rolled off of it, and it's okay. just super like like really lightly finger picked. Well, I love the way it sounds. No, it sounds phenomenal. There might there might be a harmonic in there or something like that, but it didn't. It's, I heard sliding, so normally you're not going to hear sliding on uh, if it's a harmonic. Anyway, and and a, I think I would I think I would uh, I think I would regret it if I didn't mention that this this record also has some very emo lyrics. Oh my gosh! Um, yeah, and 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 violent ones. Weirdly violent <laughs> for as happy as yeah. the song feels. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, my first, the th- I mean, the first thing I noticed is that the opening guitar part, I mean, it's so, it's like an organ almost. I mean, it's, mm. it's really cool what they did. And then, yeah, the bass part, I mean, like I hadn't heard uh, a punk rock album with, first of all, finger picking bass that doesn't, that's, you know, we're normally, uh, of the, uh, let's just grab a pick and actually, dun, 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 you know, right. uh, on the bass, uh, just cause that normally fits better, mm-hmm. you know, that like. Most of the time I see someone like finger picking a bass, I'm like, how about you just grab a pick? That's going to work better for me. You know what I mean? Like, not because they're bad, but because it's like, that's how it cuts through the mix. That's how you get that Green Day tone. That's how you get that Blink-182 tone uh, that's kind of synonymous with it. And all of a sudden, here's this guy that's doing these like, like this guy could play on a Motown record or something. Mm -hmm. Like he's like playing that kind of stuff all over this. So I hadn't heard that uh, on, on especially like, this genre, uh, this kind of sort of punk genre. Um, and then, yeah, it's like super fun and, and happy with this juxtaposition kind of going back to that motion city soundtrack thing we talked about, except that all of his, Chris's stuff is just like super violent. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's just all about like, murdering people apparently uh it'd be one of those things where it'd a lot be like, of blood yeah if you just read these lyrics you'd be like we have to like if you were in high school now and wrote these lyrics and someone found your notebook like you would be maybe kicked out because uh, they thought you were gonna come you, shoot the school up or something yeah. right i mean like they, like no kidding that's what would happen um and so but yeah it doesn't feel nothing feels um like angry about this album if that makes any sense and this is just a good example and i think the other real obviously this this song alone like hooked me the first time i heard it for the whole album but then have you guys listened i think we've talked about this before but uh rustin kelly has that dirt emo uh yes where he covers emo songs like like red dirt style and this is like straight up acoustic guitar and vocal. And it's like, oh, wow. Like, I, I didn't realize how great the song is, even without all the yeah. cool stuff that's going on in it. It's just a really good song. And yeah. um, and I think that's a good that's a good uh, good cover to check out. And I, I always my as a song fan and a songwriter, I'm always like, I think your song should be able to be stripped down to like one instrument and a vocal and still be good uh, for yep. me to call it like a really good song. There are great songs I like that don't follow that rule. Cause it's like, Oh, I like the baseline or I like the production or I like all back girl stuff. But yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. That's a, that would not work <laughs> with one instrument or whatever. Um, and so this is a great example of, you know, you hear that cover and you go, Oh, that really is just a really good song for this. Like, 20 year old kid to have written um uh, so i love it i think it's great um and it's a really good introduction to hey this is a change like it's a change of pace like that intro is the is probably 30 bpm slower than anything that was on through being cool yep (laughs) you know i should have tapped that out to figure it out for sure but it's uh you're like what i could see why if you liked through being cool you'd hear this first 
12 seconds of this record and you'd go like, what has happened? Happening. Like, I think you'd be maybe confused. And then the guitars come in and it's cool. And that reverse piano thing. And it's pretty awesome. So, um, anyway, shall we go on to, uh, see you here? It is. I love that lyric of that chorus so much. <laughs> to stomach calling you. Uh, Kyle, what are your thoughts on uh, on See You? It's a great lyric. Um, I really like it. It's at the first of the clip that you played, those little ooze in the back, yeah. like in the background. Those really those good are, background vocals. Those background record. vocals are awesome. Some great lyrics. Again, kind of, you know, like this one's kind of peppy, you know, a little bit. Uh, uh, but yeah awesome song chris see you thoughts yeah same thing it's it's got that kind of happy skippy uh good feeling and um but man the guitars in this record is so cool that that little guitar line on the chorus it's so it's like almost country it's so it is it's good (laughs) i just it sounds like it could be on a telly like a clean compressed telly and be a country lick it's weird uh, and and so yeah, no, it's it's a great song, a great number two. Come like come, come at him with at your funeral and come at him a little harder. Uh, it's good stuff. That's where this record, these songs would be good anyway. But then and but you can hear that every song could have been just like straightforward power chords, uh, distortion, and uh, you don't have to have those little embellishments. But they didn't go that route, and I think that was the right move. I mean, I think that. It's like this song would still be good, but those that little guitar part and uh, how tight the drums and the guitar and the bass all are on oh, those the whole record, yeah, chorus parts. Um, and then just like the not they're not tempo changes, but the like the drum feel changes. You know, we go from like fast sixteenths on the uh, or eighth or sixteenths, whatever you're counting it as, but on the ride, and then that like kind of whole bridge breakdown is, is I just like the, we we're kind of jump back and forth, which they did that on three being cool too. Um, you know, that's kind of a common thing with the, the punk thing is let's go to halftime. Let's go to double time, you know, but they never go to like, it's not the forbidden beat as you mentioned <laughs> on this one, but, uh, yeah, good second track. It kind of, and I, I feel like we're, uh, fun first two tracks in. Like, I feel like we've done, they've done their job on track one, introducing us a little bit and then stepping it up a little bit on See You. So, shall we go to Cars and Calories? We shall. All right, let's do it. I mean, obviously, I'm going to get a bridge in or two. Um, I just, the 
the stuff they're doing with like how dissonant that is and it sounds almost metal sounding and then it goes into the chords of that verse and it becomes major again without really changing the chord. Uh, gosh, it's so cool. And I just never would have ever thought of it. I think the other thing that really this band like uh, kicked off for me was everything before this was, as I mentioned, kind of power chordy and it was all like, and they're doing all these cool open chords and stuff. Uh, and I just hadn't heard that in a lot of the music that I was listening to at the time. So like newfound glory, blink way Two, all these kind of things weren't doing these like interesting opening, opening, open chords with like both guitars really doing the, um, complimenting each other so well. It's like neither one of them really is the one part. It's like the two of them together really make the whole thing, which became like a huge thing in our band too, Chris. I mean, as far as like, that was what Danny was doing all the time with our we songs. Were influenced like, a little bit yeah, by these guys. Maybe a little bit by these guys, just like a lot of bit actually. Um, but I just, I hadn't heard that kind of thing before. It was always kind of like, oh, here's a rhythm guy and here's a lead guy or something. And one guy's doing octaves and the other guy's doing just the straight rhythm. That was most of the kind of punk rock stuff I'd listened to at that point. There was not a lot of like technical musicianship going on, even if you were that really good at it. It's like Green Day's really actually technically very good. Like everything I've ever heard about him is that like he nails those guitar parts in one take. Like he doesn't ever have to do them a second time. Uh, but he's still basically strumming chords the whole time, like power chords and stuff. And that's what I listened to till that point was that kind of stuff. So this was kind of blowing my mind. <laughs> it was like, wait, these are like different chords and uh, we got kind of open stuff going on. And I don't know if they did different tunings on any of this stuff. I've never looked into that. But anyway, what are your There's actually a, a, a note in the Wikipedia article that says that one of the things that took them a little longer on this record was guitar tuning issues. So I wonder if you're right about that. Well, I they, wonder, they took a moment to mention that at some interviews sometimes. Or maybe so, they so. just had crappy guitars or something like uh, that. Maybe. But, uh, <laughs> you know, or old guitars or something. Cause oddly enough, that's the thing I've heard about green day is the only time he had to do a take again is because he played those old, like fifties, um, Gibsons. And like, if it wasn't holding the tune, they'd have to like tune it in between takes or something. But um, yeah, it's really cool guitar parts and stuff on, on, on this one. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on Cars and Calories? I, mean, I think, you. I, think you, I have very little to say because you said you said it very well. I just some very amazing musicianship, like those like really tight notes and uh, you know the um, the triplet rolls on the drums and yep. they're all so tight. And it's just not an easy like if you if you put the three of us in a room right now and told us to play the song first, it would kind of be like, you know, like would, yeah, <laughs> this is not an easy song to play as a five. That cool thing band. he goes to with the ride on that one part where he, he changes the beat entirely of the ride on that uh, on that bridge. I just it's so cool. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, I just I was not listening to bands that were this good of musicians at the time, probably. <laughs> so, Kyle, what are your thoughts on Cars and Calories? I agree with you as far as like what I was listening to and it doesn't make sense to me why I like this so much, you know, like, but I, but I did and I still do. And also even why I guess I'm going to say over and over again that like it rocks. I don't know why I'm using that word because it doesn't line up with everything else that I say rocks, you know, but it does. And, uh, you cut out, you cut out my favorite line, Blake. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, and at her home, her mother cried because daddy had something on the side. 
I remember hearing that the first time and actually like guffawing in the car. <laughs> like this guy will say anything in this song. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. Is one of the few songs though that I really like. Love the lyrics in. It's not that I think he's a good lyricist and stuff like that. It's just like the lyrics were never the thing that made me love the band. It was yeah. all the other stuff. And like he could have been singing anything on these songs, and I would have loved this record for the most part. But this one was like it especially because I'm in high school when this comes out, just like I'm a little bit younger than you guys, just barely. Um, and so, you know, this kind of hit a little closer. Cause I mean, and like this, it's also a little foretelling. I mean, can you imagine like how uh, present this is now? I mean, like with social media and stuff or like teenage girls, like how it's just all about like her wanting to look better and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that pressure is only increased yeah, a hundredfold since two thousand one. A little bit. Um. So yeah, I I do love the lyrics on this one. Just uh, everything going on there. So, um. Uh, any other thoughts on cars and calories before we jump to certain tragedy? Nope. Mm-mm. Good solid tune. Would we say solid tune? Oh, most all definitely. Around? Okay. <laughs> Let's go to certain tragedy. Kyle, what are your thoughts on certain tragedy? My thoughts are I cannot freaking believe you did not play the bridge of this song. I know. I I cannot believe it. I've gotten so self-conscious about (laughs) that I'm always doing the bridges that I'm trying. (laughs) Looks like I'm trying not to do it. Yeah, it's a really good bridge. I am blown away. Should I just go back and and, and replace the clip and we'll pretend? Uh, No, it is a really good bridge. But like I said, I just felt like I was going to do too many bridges on this because it's, again, they do really good bridges, really good background vocals on all of them. Also, to be fair to you, I think that this song, other than the bridge, is probably closest to their older, you know, the the older things that they did. Like, it's it's a little more rocking and maybe a little more punk. But yeah, that bridge is freaking awesome. Uh, one of my faves. Um, it it's great. Those bop bops in the background. Yeah. I mean, like it 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 is it is such a sweet, uh, cool thing that like Chris, you mentioned earlier that there is like on the first song, there's like this fifties doo vibe, and like on the bridge of this song, they're doing these cool bop bops in the background, and it sounds so like. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what the word is. Classic or something. And and yet he's saying like some violent, crazy things. So, <laughs> yeah, um, it's a it's a it's a great song. I love it. Yeah, I mean that it's super. It's such a happy sounding song, and he's talking about like and feeling someone's hand around my neck, choking away the life that I have left. <laughs> Like that doesn't. It, it's like a bop, 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 bop. in the background. It, it is quite the uh, juxtaposition there between lyrics and. But like I said, I was not. Now, I mean, his his lyrics are so overtly violent. I mean, in the sense that he goes into like the details of what of all the stuff, especially in some of the later tracks. 
that it's like you can't not hear it. Like you're like, wait, did he just say uh, that he was getting mm-hmm. crucified? I can't remember if that was <laughs> what I just getting cleaning out my ears. Is he drinking um, blood? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Lot. You're like, wow, he drinks a lot of blood. Um, but uh, yeah, it, you're, I I never thought of that kind of like 50s, early 60s thing, Chris. But you're right. Like, there's quite there's there is a feel to that, which I've heard a I heard Chris Caraba one time in an interview say that he kind of feels like all punk rock stems from they're just faster Beach Boy songs. And I was like, that's yeah. actually kind of accurate. Uh, you're just like double timing it, and um, you know. So I mean, I think that there is a there was a jump in decades there, but. Um, yeah, it's a good yeah. tune. Chris, what are your I, thoughts on uh, on certain tragedy? Yeah, th- there's a point. There comes a point in every. It seems like every band's career where they discover or decide to like fully invest their time into listening to the Beatles. And this is like on this song, I was like, Chris, this was just enough Beatles. Yeah, you, you know, you went too far later, but this was just the right amount, right? Like it was, <laughs> you know, it, it was such a. It, it was it was the perfect molding of 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 him like bringing his influences in. And being so uniquely him, I mean, uh, yeah, you can almost picture the temptations like doing hand motions, dancing behind, and then you look at the lyrics and you're like, oh, he's he's gonna die because someone's choking him really hard. <laughs> like this is pretty insane um, stuff. Uh, but that's what's so magical about it is it, it it's completely unique because of those things. This song also like every part of this song sounds like a chorus. Yeah. Like yep. like the Are verses right? sound yeah. like choruses, the choruses sound like choruses, the bridge sounds like a chorus. I mean, they're all just really good melodies and uh, and the really schnozberries good parts and taste stuff. like schnozberries. <laughs> yes, it's <laughs> uh, it's just not you know normally there's so many bands that like you can tell the chorus came first and the the maybe the verse was like the secondary thing or whatever you know and I'm not you know that's not always the case or whatever but. Uh, you know, you can tell what the oh yeah, that's the hook. That's it. Doesn't really matter what else they do in this well, song with yeah. that. But, I mean, these guys feel like I mean they're packing every. There's not a wasted ounce on this record. Nope. Um, lyrically, melodically, guitar, drum, bass, all the parts going on. Uh, like they didn't. I don't feel like they phoned one part in on this record. Um, background vocals, all that kind of stuff. So, uh, let's go to jukebox breakdown. Kyle, you're nodding your head along. Dude, what are your thoughts on this song? That is that is one of the best parts of that song where yeah, that, like the transitions through that bridge and and like that last part where the guitar is it's freaking awesome. Uh what an awesome song. Also, like to me, this one I don't want to get ahead of myself and talk about lists, but this was always a standout track to me, like as far as just so catchy. It's the and, first single of it, right? Well, Am I wrong oh, about was that? this a single? I think no. it was. No, it wasn't. No, no, at your funeral was. No, the no, first no. Sorry, or was it? It was freakish. That was a single. That's what freakish I was, was yeah. a single. Freakish yes, was yes, a yes. single. Okay, yeah. Um, okay. but this one to me was always like I. This was crank it up, drum on the steering wheel. Uh, 
the song rocks. You picked a perfect clip, Blake. Yeah, you did. Um, well, thank you. I can, I've redeemed myself. You've redeemed yourself. <laughs> Blake, you always not, pick great clips. We were just surprised it wasn't the bridge. Yeah, no, I, no, completely, I, I, just, I completely agree. It, it just I'm shocked so me, that's all. I'm conscious about it now that I'm like, I, if I'm, I can't do every bridge of every song. And there are some bands where like I could. Yeah. And this is one of those albums where, and really the truth is, I could just play the whole thing front to back. It's hard to pick any part of. Well, uh, we can't, we can't right. do that because of copyright. We get sued. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're playing we just the right sued. amount. I also really like uh, this. This one to me is a fun one that like I'm going to keep my own interpretation of what this song means to myself. And we talked about it on the Blink episode. Like, I don't want to know the real reason because it's probably, you know, something weird or uh, something. What's yours? Well, I'm curious because yeah, no, I have I one, think... too. And I wonder if we well, feel to the me, same way. To me, it just seems like, you know, he he's he's like tired of being a monkey boy you know what i mean he, like that's what it's, yeah. he he wants to be himself and everybody wants him to be this and i would assume coming off the last record everybody wants him to be a a, a pop punk band you know um and he's doing they're doing their own thing on this record that's my assumption chris did you have a a thought on what the no, meaning I, of the song was because mine's a little different right well it's a it's a version of what kyle said but i think it's just like through the lens of the music business of of the of folks wanting them to play you kind of expanded on this a little but you know hey oh you want you to play those things that you know play uh play shoulder to wheel like all their songs need to sound like that we like that chris we, that's all we want you to do and he was kind of talking about like i'm not like you said just a monkey that like does whatever trick you want me to do and, and obviously on this record he's showing that by expanding his musical horizons with the with the rest of his friends i don't know why i always thought of it as like a girl uh only Ooh. interested in his him as a musician or a singer mm, i don't know why that's always what I, I like it i like that's it, yeah. always what i was thinking of it as is like a like i'm here for your well i mean i guess you could think it from pleasure? the business standpoint too but i was always well just like <laughs> no not pleasure although the coin the coin slot thing was always kind of like a um, whoa what is he talking about well he had uh, to make it violent for a sec he's like i guess you know, so maybe shove a quarter uh, in my neck that's always just I the vibe i got it. from it was like, uh, you know, some girl that's only interested in, because he's in a band or something. I don't yeah. know. That's what I gathered from it. But you're right. I, I almost don't want to know what any of these songs are about, mainly because I think they're probably like, you're he's 20 when yeah. they record this record. So, I mean, he's 19 or 20 when he's writing this stuff. And you, I mean, you know, who knows if anything meant anything it, when you're that. You might just be emoting a lot. But... Um, yeah, well, this is, yeah, sometimes it's not, I don't want to know. He does have a, he does have a, co uh, like a poetic approach to the songwriting with his lyrics. Cause mm -hmm. you, it, it, that, that Bernie Toppin Elton John thing happens a lot where the lyrics don't really fit. And, but, but like, yeah, they I just, wonder like, if he's writing them first. Do no, we know it, feel, that? it feels that way. Especially I was going to specifically mention on this song, like how sometimes the tail end of a, of a phrase ends up at the beginning of the next, like. Yep. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I, that is curious because like, that's such an interesting point because I'm such a, I've never written the lyrics for, for a song ever. I've never once had a lyrical idea and then written a song around it. And I don't know if you guys have ever done that, but like, it's so the last thing that I do that I forget that other people, it's the first thing they do. And so I never even think about the fact that like, oh yeah, he could have written the lyrics first before this, uh, had anything else in it. And, um, you know, I envy people that can do that. I'm just, it's, it's my weak point for sure. But that's interesting. I'd be curious to know that if he, uh, 
if he's a lyric verse guy because that would make sense. I think you're yeah. right, Chris. Some of the some of the um, I can't think of the right word, not the stanzas, but you know, whatever yeah, you, the, the phrasing, yeah. the way that yeah, that stuff goes together. Okay, well, let's go to Freakish, which is a single uh, from the record. Had some fun Muppets, not real Muppets, but puppets that look like what, what are the muppets in the called in that that aren't the quite right the muppets from the muppet movie <laughs> all right let's go to freakish say this only thing i know is Again, this is like a vibe that's not I've not really heard before. I mean, well, this... and then and then he pulls out that falsetto. I remember the first time I was like, "Uh, what?" Which is really good, yeah. yeah. And I feel like he would have just uh, yelled that on through being cool. You know what I mean? Like he just would have gone for it, like and because he can hit that note. Mm-hmm. I think probably, yeah, but yeah. he just would have gone for it. And like I, I like that he dialed back and was like. No, I'm going for the falsetto, and it's going to be beautiful. And it's uh, and it's weird. This the beginning. of This song is not at all what happens later. I feel like I feel like it's they do that a few times on this record. Where like the intro to the song at your funeral is an example. Freakish. This is an example. Where like the beginning of it, I'm kind of like, where's this going? Like, and I remember when, like, it doesn't sound like the first. Uh, however much of the song it doesn't sound like it should be a single for sure and then it like then the bouncy kind of comes in and you're like okay this is a fun song you know but it doesn't feel like it would be a single up front but yeah it's a great song Uh, what are your guys thoughts on on Freakish me okay Um, it's awesome Blake the clip that you just played I'd actually had a note uh, it's the closest thing on this record that I can think of another band is actually that moment that you just played. And if you remove Chris's vocals, it sounds a little bit like the chili peppers to me. Like, oh, like just a little, wow. bit. a little bit. That is like, trippy dude. And, it, it, and um, yeah, but dude, don't remove his vocal because it's wonderful on this song. The falsetto is great. Um, I love like, I love how chill this song is, but it's like a perfect headbanger, you know? Um, yes, a slow headbanger, like yeah. on the beach hang head, headbanger. Yes, like you're kind of like nodding along. You've got it's, a drink in your hand. Kinda yes, headbanger. It's it, it's it's <laughs> I'm there. So I'm right there. Uh, this is actually a really good like hanging out on the beach record. The whole record. Oh by yeah, the way. we don't. That's not a category or an award no, like, that we give records. A, but a this fire, is a great crackling. Like it, yeah, it's, this whole song, this whole album is full of uh, put on lake playlist kind of things for me. Uh, my family has a lake house, and I always make lake playlist every year. And uh, this always has. There's always a song or two from this one yep. uh, on on a lake playlist for sure. Now this song uh, blew me away when I first heard it because uh, you know we talked about how like uh, you know you you're a fan of three being cool. This record's got kind of a different vibe, For and then sure. when this song starts off, it you're, this is a a a literal ballad. Um, yep. You know, it starts off like so so quiet. That, you know, it's that classic saves the day move, minor verse that's like death and destruction, 
you know, poppy uh, major chorus, which I tried to do on every song after I heard this record. I was always <laughs> doing the, you know, that like dark verse with the happy because the, you know, uh, just the way it goes from one to another, that contrast is what makes their art, you know, so, so unique and so beautiful. Um, and then on this song to go from that kind of uh, dark minor sounding verse and then to that chorus and then the chorus, which is even cooler. I mean, God, the freaking bass line when, when that, yep part comes in like how did he even how did he even think of that like that so as a as a you know a crappy drummer uh um kyle i really did want to ask you like the bass um was not a a instrument in a lot of this music that made any sort of impact at all and i don't mean that in a rude way like it's the same thing with mark hoppus like his bass line isn't like wow how do you think of that well he played what tom played but one note like how he was filling in all the space from only having one guitarist like mark's job was different how do you know to do that and to make it sound so like it's i don't know it's ask someone who wails at the bass (laughs) like don't ask me. I mean, because like I, I I'm, I'm playing, know. I'm playing straight. No, the thing is that I mean, this you sing this, too. To be fair, and that, play that, bass. Like, that is play, true. <laughs> yeah, but but like I mean, I'm not. I was not thinking about bass lines like that, and I'm still not thinking about <laughs> bass lines like that. Well, here's um, my guess. Like, and I don't know. We should probably. I should probably research this and put it in the notes if I can find anything. I'm guessing he's not influenced by a lot of punk rock. I'm guessing he ended up in a punk rock band, but yeah. he's probably influenced by Flea. It's funny you mentioned Chili Peppers yeah. because, like, I happened to be in a band at the time with an actual bass player, kind of like this guy. Mm-hmm. Like, as far as like, he set out to play the bass. He loved good bass players. He listened to like No Doubt and. He, like, he wasn't playing the bass line. because he did he, because he because the band had too many guitar players exactly like yeah. i i was in a band with a legit actual bass player and like those were his heroes were like the dude from no doubt and chili yeah. peppers and stuff like that that's what he was learning so yeah in our little rock pop rock band all our bass lines were like really cool because that was what he learned and i'm gonna guess this is the same thing here he's probably influenced by you know, Motown and at the time, like no doubt was a, a pretty big band as far as that had like a really good bass player. Um, yeah. and, um, and you know, in sort of in the same vein a little bit. And so that'd be my guess. I mean, he's just, he, you, the only way you get good at that stuff is by playing it all the time. I mean, he had yeah. to been playing a bunch of those kind of bass lines to get the right. hang of that. But the part that makes it so interesting is that he was able to just slide that influence in with, with this band and, and, and how it just worked. Yeah. Fits. No, that's yeah. what, that's yeah. what just blows my mind. Is, is but that, the truth is that kind of stuff works in almost any genre as far as like really good baselines. Wait a second, and, Blake, are you saying good musicianship <laughs> works in almost no, no, no. any I'm just saying genre? Like, I'm talking about baseline specifically. Ah, okay. I like, see. like, cause <laughs> let's say you shred at guitar shredding yeah. guitar does not work. In fact, most of the time you need to dial that's, that back. That's, that's a great example on yep. albums because yep, it's you're right. like most people don't care about a shredding guitar solo. Yep. And so you'll notice like, I mean, even really good, like, like everyone know John Mayer is a great guitar player. Like you see like any live clip of him, he can wail on that thing, but on his yep. records, he's pretty dialed back and like, yep. and there's not like a lot going on there. And you know, there's a ton of bands like that that have really, I mean, like, honestly. Un- understated playing. Like, uh, the dude, what's the, what, Adam Levine from Maroon 5, he can freaking wail on the guitar. And he doesn't even play the guitar when they play live and stuff like that. So, 
there's a lot of stuff like that where they go, no, for a pop song, here's what we need to do. But a good baseline, like that just has a, like fits right where it needs to be can like, and can change the, another great example is like third eye blind, another band that had a a fantastic bass player. Right. And you listen to, um, Oh gosh, what's the single of theirs from blue? Um, I'll never let you go. That song is three chords. The bass line is so cool on that. He's like going up an octave and then not playing a note and then going, you know, listen to that bass line. I'm going to. And you're like, what everyone else would have gone, boom, 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 boom. And everyone just would have played it straight. It's still pretty straight, but it's just the right amount of flavor. Yeah. And it's not like he's all over the place. It's not complicated. I Anyone that plays bass could learn how to play the part. But it's, just it's like the like fact, he the fact that up. he came yeah. up with it. Right. And that's so, what I'm And that's what about. he's doing here, too. It's like he's coming up with the parts. Well, I guess if um, you know if you know scales really well, though, like it. it yeah, like, I didn't, yeah. That, that was the other thing I wondered about Eben. It was like, I wonder if his parents were musicians or something or, or he had like really good musicians in his family, like somebody like straight up new music theory and, and played the piano. Because if you know, you know, our first guitar player was like a musical genius. And so he would do this all the time, too. He would play something that didn't seem to make any sense, but it fit perfectly it's just because he knew yeah. like music theory whereas i was self-taught so and none of us did yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. so i was like I, I can you know i i know like if that if i hit this one string on a guitar and then put my fingers like this it makes that note a, a chord <laughs> that's about you know how i wrote my songs but here's an interesting thing so like here's another thing that i don't know enough about because i by the time i saw saves the day uh he chris was playing guitar all the time but like was he playing a lot of guitar on these like at the time they're a five piece right and he's mostly a singer right like like that's live correct. that's what he mostly does i want like was it like that on the records too was he writing on like i just always wondered what that dynamic was because you just i mean he gets a credit on the album as playing guitar but it's like well th- what does that mean does that mean he played on every song does it mean he didn't i don't know you know it's like um, because what's weird is that y- it's interesting that you brought up the lyric thing, because I wonder if he was mostly writing these lyrics and then fitting them to what these other guys were coming up with. That's what um, I think probably is the way it went and, down, yeah. And that might make sense. Um, and it also makes sense because then it's like, sometimes I think you can be hindered by musical ability when it comes to songwriting. I think you can get too good at an instrument and like, either paint yourself in a corner or kind of be like, Oh, I've, I've used those chords before or something. Whereas I feel like this is like a compliment, I promise. But like, Chris, you have no idea what you're playing on guitar. And so you just like, you play what sounds good and feels good to you yeah. and, and makes the song work. And then like you let in our band, you always let me and Danny then like hammer out what the real guitar parts were or whatever. But it was almost like, and Kyle, you write in, in E a lot because you just like, that's where you're comfortable. And like you mm-hmm. end up writing stuff and you don't, but like I, I think that's the better way to go. I think that it's weird. I kind of encourage people like if you're gonna write songs, you almost maybe should dial it back because the, and then I just surround agree. yourself with people that are like that's what Michael Jackson did. That, yeah, yeah. Surround yourself kind with of, even yeah. that can make it sound amazing, but can take your like power chords that you're giving them and go like, oh no, this is gonna sound cooler if I yep. if I do this. Um, and I don't know if that's the dynamic here, but it, it, I certainly like, yeah, I know he be. was like doing the lead singer thing. By the time I got around to it, I guess one guy was gone. So he was doing guitar duty. Um, I wish I could have seen him when he was just running around the stage and, and singing with the mic. You did right, Chris. Yeah. I've got, yeah, I've got some good memories of seeing them like that. Uh, wish I wish I could have. Uh, okay. Let's go to as your ghost takes flight. Grenade stuck in your teeth. 
I love that. I think it's like an auto-filtered guitar part. I mean, it sounds like a wah pedal, but I think at the end you can kind of hear that it's like an auto-filter kind of thing. It's about the only effect I think I hear on like most of this entire record on a guitar, but um, I felt like the end of that song was a cool enough ending that mm-hmm. I picked the ending for the song. So what are your guys' thoughts on Edger Ghost Takes Flight? Well, so I've got a story about this song because um, I don't. I think it was around maybe the fall after the record had come out. Um, and I, I was, uh, I was doing graphic design. I caught wind on a website that they were playing Austin, Texas, like that night, like that, like just the night I just happened to look it up. So, uh, I basically told my best friends at, you know, at the time, Tyler and Danny, like we were hanging out a lot together and what we I mean, you know, they were my buds. So, um, Danny, of course, in the band later, um, and I kind of told them that I kind of had tickets or a way to get tickets. I didn't really reveal that the show was sold out and I had no idea how we were going to get in because I was trying to get them to drive to Austin, which is like a six hour drive. So good. So I wasn't like super honest, but I also like didn't lie. You know, it was like a lie of omission. So we get down there uh, and it's emos in uh, Austin on sixth street. If you ever got to go to a show there, it, it was kind of an outdoor venue. So we pulled up, we could hear them starting their set and we just, we were like, could not get in like the the box office is like no way there's no there's no way you guys are getting in there's not any anything left we're totally sold out so we're out there just like listening uh you know to the band and uh ash was the band that was playing with them a british band and this british guy uh you know is loading the bus up he's like are you guys wanting to get in the show you're standing outside listening we're like well yeah we drove six hours and you know we're gonna sit outside and listen to the whole set even <laughs> You know, before we go, and, he, and you know, he, obviously they're from Britain. He's like, well, we're not using any of our guest list spots, so I would be happy to get you guys in. You seem like big fans. And this was a song that was playing when we walked in, and he was doing that thing he always does, pulling the grenade at the pin. Uh, so uh, the song's forever etched in my mind is that moment that the sound like because I've been listening to it from outside, and it just like it's like the whole world yeah. opened up, and he was on stage like it's like doing a part that. of the movie. Yeah, it was so great. So anyway, the song that is always very been cool close to my heart. Band, uh, yeah, cool. I mean. Ash, you, yeah, shout out to Ash for getting shout out. <laughs> <laughs> if they're listening, uh, th- uh, that is very cool though, because yeah, you, you drove a long way with uh, the live omission. <laughs> 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 we might not be able to get in. Um, that's awesome, uh, Kyle. What are your thoughts on this uh, song, other than the most emo title on the record for sure? It is definitely the most emo title, and Chris's story is so wonderful. I'm not going to say much other than <laughs> this is the one for sure that, like, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm sold on this record. It rocks, right? But, like, when I tried to introduce this record to other people, they're like, I don't this, know, man. Like, <laughs> this turns people off. Yeah. This was the one that really caught the other ones where I'm like, oh, okay, this is a little weird. This is the one where you're like, oh, Ooh. wow. Like, Ooh. that is, this would get you this would get you kicked out of school. Like, yeah, like for sure. people would be, be like, Oh, I'm afraid he's going to come kill people because yeah. he wrote this. I found a notebook with a lyric about nailing someone to a wall and using bottles to catch yeah. their blood. For me, the disturbing one is as your body sags and the stench rises in vain. It's yeah. Like, and oh. people walking by on the street and yeah. uh, like just staring at this person that is nailed to a wall and dying. Uh, yeah. It's pretty gruesome. Um, and I he think drank we, the blood. Right. Yeah. Which you do, I guess. Uh, I, I would love to know like, hey, Chris, what, what is up? this song about? You all right, bro? Yeah. yeah. We cool. Because if it's a metaphor, it's pretty intense. You know, and if it's not, yikes! Yeah, it's like <laughs> it reminds me of a it reminds me of the Simpsons Family Guy episode. You know, where like 
Bart's telling Stewie like all the crazy stuff he does, and then Stewie tells him. <laughs> and I, I feel like Chris is like that, like like emo's violent. It's kind of crazy. Like, oh, I can I have some violent. I can Let me try this. him out. <laughs> whoa, 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 buddy! Yeah, because they're <laughs> disturbing. This is they like, are disturbing. This yeah. is on level with like it has no curse words, but this is more violent than anything Eminem said oh, at the yeah, time, totally. which was super controversial at the time. <laughs> Remember yeah, to, on that to album? Me, out- Oh yeah, yeah. To me, I mean, like this is way more violent than that. Absolutely, dude. But like, I was already sold on it, and so I was like, "Ooh, this is strange," you know. But like, when you introduce it to someone that doesn't care like how much they rock, and they're just kind of consuming music, like I don't know, the masses, I guess, you know. And and I, I showed it to a couple of my brother in laws, and they were like dude, I don't know that I can get behind this. Like, this guy is psychotic. Like, Yeah, I mean, he does sound pretty psycho. <laughs> I, I never, at the time, though, I never remember thinking, like, how crazy it was. As a matter of fact, only, like, revisiting the lyrics now did I go, did I start feeling like you guys did. I was just, like, kind of singing along back then. You were in. Think about it too hard. <laughs> no, yeah. this, this was, was the in. one song where I was like, woo, like, that's <laughs> pretty... <laughs> it's pretty rough if, if uh, he's saying what i think he's saying <laughs> yeah there was no i mean you know sometimes you're like well i wonder if that means i mean this is like it is a painting a picture yep you know there's no there's a murder there's, there's, yeah, a murder. Yeah, there's yeah. straight up murdering Someone's someone killed <laughs> it's just straight up murdering someone uh All but right. I, I actually it, it's oh, yeah. it's funny you say that because um because murder is funny. <laughs> no, no, but I, I think the song is actually about a, a heroin situation. Oh, yeah. So that might be why it's so a heroin's little... murdering. So maybe he's playing the part of he heroin. is heroin. Does heroin drink blood? I don't know. I'm, I'm looking There's, too far it into it. It probably does. It might. Yeah. Don't do heroin. Yeah, right. yeah. So we, we're don't not test it heroin. to find out. We don't. You shouldn't try it even once because apparently it's so crazy. I've heard yeah. it's very addictive. Yeah, yeah. I've heard. <laughs> uh, let's go to Nightingale. <laughs> I love this song. It's so good. I love the drumming on it. I just like all the parts. I love most of the guitars are just barely overdriven. I mean, (laughs) the funny thing I remember. So we did, uh, we did an album in that, that I guess summer or whatever that I had joined the band or whatever. And I remember like, because we knew nothing about how recording worked. It was like, we went in, we recorded all the stuff. And then we were like, Hey, like at mixing, we're like, Hey, we'd like it to sound like this record being, um, save the day. (laughs) Um, say what you are. And like, the guy's kind of like, well, I mean, you should have told me that before we recorded all the guitars <laughs> at way higher gain levels than, uh, than yeah, this, we, we had a lot of ideas after we got done recording. <laughs> didn't we Blake? I remember uh, Ernie looking at us a few times. And I think one time he asked me if I was smoking crack. <laughs> You know, we didn't know how any of this stuff worked, you know, and 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 so in our early, you know, naivete of uh, of of doing a record and stuff and 
but I remember like we we loved the way the guitar sounded on this, but like I don't think we had the wherewithal to know that like oh we should turn down the gains on our amps. That's the trick to getting your guitars to sound like this. Um, we hadn't figured that out yet. So, um, but this is a really good example of that. Like I love all the guitar tone. I love the the slight you know, how he's jumping to the bell on every other beat on the the ride like doing the that thing. Um, just a really good song. What are your guys' thoughts on Nightingale? Um, I dig it. I really like, even though the last song got pretty dark, uh, <laughs> yeah. I feel like this is probably the sweetest. It is the sweetest song. song on the record, I think. Um, and, and actually I was, I meant to ask you guys earlier, is, is this, uh, is this the Sacred Heart song or do you think, um, Freakish is the Sacred Heart song? Oh, I don't think either one are. I'm going to get Oh, you've got one. another one. I've got another okay. one. Okay. All right. Uh, I well, did think uh, of that. Um anyway, I, I like the song and I and and it is it's a it's a sweet song. I really like the chorus. Uh and then I like how the bridge gets kind of dark. One of my favorite things about this song, and I'm super jealous of it, is uh I mean this dude's been kicking butts on the bass all album long, but like the tone on this on this one, he's like, Yeah, not only am I gonna just like rock this thing, but I'm just gonna make it sound super tasty while I do it. Mm-hmm. Um He's he's killing it, making making everybody jealous. So great song. Chris, what are your thoughts? You guys said it, man. Yeah, the the overdriven vocals and the overdriven bass on the bridge, uh yeah, rocks my socks, man. It's such a such a cool uh little moment in the in the bridge. And as a musician, you kind of respect the fact I hope, you know, I like to think that they maybe you're like, we need to slow down a little bit. We've got a, we've got some some room here in this song to to do something a little interesting with this bridge and took some chances. I like that. Yeah, I like the swelling guitars in it on that part that I played. And uh, and like I said, there's not like it's not like they st- threw a bunch of effects on this stuff. It's like they seem to be doing almost everything practically. But um, yeah, it's just good parts, sweet song. Even though it's like I'm pretty sure the whole first verse is about like some bird dying. I don't know. <laughs> so whatever. I mean, like it's still got a little bit of the violence, you know. I, I see. It's sweet. I don't. I, I think I read in an interview or or that it's it's got it, it's a reference of Florence Nightingale. I don't know much about what she was about, but okay, uh, me neither. An English social reformer. So well, that would make sense. Yeah, that would make sense because the whole thing about the wedding and stuff. I've heard the, that name before. Yeah. Florence Nightingale. I've, I've heard it all the time, yeah. but it occurred to me when I read that note in that interview, I was like, oh, I, I guess I've never really known what she was all about. Yeah, me neither. All right, well, let's go to all I'm losing is me. Chris, what are your thoughts on All I'm Losing Is Me? Man, you picked a great part of that song. That's a, It's got kind of the old school Saves a Day feel that they dropped in there on yeah, the bridge. It, uh, the muted palming driving everything. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. the most through being cool thing on the record, probably. Yep. This yep, song. Yep. Yep. Uh, that's a good... Uh, I, I, that, the musicianship on from that part of the song uh, to the end, just incredibly tight group of guys playing really, really well together. It really shows on this song. Kyle, what are your thoughts? 
I feel like we're repeating one another, so I'm just going to say it's a jam for me, dudes. <laughs> it's a jam for me, dudes. Uh, I always felt like the lyric um, where he... I'm trying to find the lyric now where he talks about... There's a piece of glass sticking in my back. I always just like expected it to be there's a piece of glass sticking in my ass. But <laughs> that's just <what, laughs> always what I expected there, but... Um, Anyway, the back thing is 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 fine, but yeah, this is the most like through being cool, and and this is again a band where I go backwards, you know, with so there's there's a lot of bands from this kind of period of time where that happens. I discover a band after their probably their first release and go backwards, and so you know I never got as into through being cool because this record's just better. It's not through being cool is fine and all, and I like it, but it's when you go backwards, it's kind of like oh man, it's hard to like move yeah. backwards from yeah. from this record a little bit. It's a little hard to move um, forward too. Well sometimes. Although well we'll talk about that in a little bit I guess. Yeah. Uh all right, let's go to this is not an exit. This is my sacred hard song. Yeah, I mean that's right. that's gotta you're be right. at the end of an episode, right? You're right. You're right. Yeah. Uh it's so good. Kyle, what are your thoughts on on the song? Uh freaking awesome. Really good. Um I kinda am I'm trying to envision the beginning of this song. I love I love it so much the way that it builds. And I'm wondering, is that am I wrong or is it another moment where it, it could feel like the chili peppers if you take his voice out? Am I wrong about that? I don't feel like on the intro. Um, I think you're. There's. I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm. I'm, maybe, I'm. I'm new to exploring this idea about the chili peppers. I'm gonna have to I sit would, with these thoughts. Okay, cool. Okay, for a few cool, weeks, and maybe we'll come back to this. We'll and, have a part and also, two. I'm trying. I'm trying to label them. I shouldn't do that. But uh, no, no, it's super interesting. Like once you pointed that out, like it is making my head spin. Every every song I'm, I hear, it, it's crazy. Well, this one. This one's freaking awesome. I love like, I I I love just how it, it just makes me feel good. Like this yes. song just makes me feel good, and that's well, that's all I got. Yep, this is absolutely, ladies and gentlemen, this is how you write a rock and roll song. This is probably one of my top five songs, like of all all my songs. Oh, yeah. Um, it, it's uh, I, I when I saw them play it live at that same show, I hadn't really felt how important it was that the whole song built up like layers, 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 um, kind of like Christian, the whole thing crescendos at the end until they came. I mean, dude, I, I think I got straight up emotional at the show. Cause I, it builds up to that last part. And is the you know, crowd bellowing. just like, Oh, just screaming I mean, it with him. Like all the girls are just like, you know, <laughs> tears down their eyes. Like, cause it, it, it was such an and emotional song. It really brings it out of you. I've um, never seen him live. So I'm just imagining because this is such a, this, this record in particular is just so stripped down that I can't imagine that it's not just so fun. And you're just hearing everybody sing along and have a good time. Yep. Absolutely. It, just like the dashboard shows were like that. So yeah. yeah. No, I'm with you, Chris. This is one of my favorite songs ever. I and you've heard this a million times on my Lake playlist throughout the last 20 years because it ends up about on it every year because it just has that fun like 
feel to it. I feel like I'm hanging out on a beach with my friends or in the water with my friends. And I love it. It's one of my all-time favorite songs. Uh, and I, it almost, um, like, it always kind of, back then, I remember thinking that, like, this felt like it should have been the end of the record. Um, yeah. And I I don't feel as much like that now. I actually do like the next track being the last track, track on the record, and I like it a lot more. But it was hard to follow at the time. Like, this this leaves you on such a note that, like, it's it's a little weird to go into the next song. It just it, it felt like it should end because it's so perfect. But, um, yeah, I just I can't say enough about how much I, I just love this song, and, and I, I can't find any fault in it. And, uh, of course, I can't really find many faults in any of these songs on this record, but yeah. the, but this one is, is just somehow a notch above the other ones. I don't know how because the other ones are really good. But No, uh, it, 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 it does stand on its own in a, in a pretty unique way. It's uh that's yeah, a beautiful song. And it's the same feeling that I can't, I can't put my finger on what it is, but you're right. It's like, um, that burnt jam song from, from Weezer is the same vibe for me in that. Like, I just feel like I feel good. Like I couldn't possibly mm-hmm. be angry if that song was on at something. And, uh, and I can't, it's not, it's not like there's a genre or something I can put my, it's just like a feel good but it's not like feel good in the general pop sense. Like there's a swing to it and there's yeah. like a, I don't know. There's, it's just a vibe that I can't put my finger on, but I wish I could uh, recreate somehow, but, uh, but I've never managed to. So, uh, well, let's go to the final track on the record, which is Firefly. Chris, what are your thoughts? This is a perfect saves the day song. Uh, you know, straight up rocking out hardcore verse, and then uh, c- comes down to this cute, sweet, almost sounding uh, uh, chorus with the guitar. And I tried so hard to understand how you could possibly write that guitar part with that vocal and how it all works together. Uh, it's magic. Uh, it's not because it, they don't they don't seem to make sense together, and they just play off each other so perfectly. It's uh, yeah, it's just, it's a great song, great, great, great song. <laughs> yeah, I think what threw me off, like back then, was that the end of the previous track. This is not an exit. Um, even with the word exit in the title, felt like it was the last track, and then all of a sudden it's like said it walk home and just like comes in full force and i'm like whoa what what is happening here and it just feels like such a weird vibe but then you get to like that that bridge where it's just and i love that they keep the hats in there the whole time just him with the foot on the hats <laughs> keeping the time and then the way it ramps up we get a guitar slide uh guitar scratch down the neck kind of thing and and so it ends on the note where you're like oh okay this is why it's at the end of the record I get it now but there's something that d- just totally throws me off about the beginning of it I still think they could have switched the two of them and it worked when it worked well but that last note is kind of um, does feel like the finality of the record I feel like they knew it when they recorded this that it was going to be the last track on the record maybe but um, it's a good solid tune and 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 my younger self would have been wrong about uh, it not not having 
should have been the the final track on the record. Kyle, what are your thoughts on on Firefly? I wholeheartedly agree with everything you said. Like when I first heard it, I was like, "What? What are they doing when when it came in hard and heavy like that after the yeah. last song?" I'm like, "What? Why are you guys doing this? Ruining my and, vibe." Yeah. yeah, what you you are killing my vibe. And then Even though this vibe is great. I love this song, but yeah, same. It's just a, like it's yep. a quick turn. And, and honestly, I I I've always thought the same i've thought that like this was one that they're like this is they wrote it and they're like this is the last song you know what i mean like this is gonna be the last song on the record and it is a great song i still love it um i don't love it as much as the song before but it's a wonderful song and it has a wonderful outro and the outro makes me understand why they put it last yeah but outside of that the it does it does like suck me out of that vibe that i was in on uh on the song before. So, yeah, I feel like the, the song before at the end of it, if that was the last track, I would be like, I want to start this whole thing over again. Absolutely. And and not that this makes me, I played this album as many times as maybe I would have, if that was the case, but like the end of this track just feels like, Oh, that's the end of the record. You know what I mean? And which is maybe what it should feel like. It's just that something about the vibe of that song before, uh, makes me, nostalgic is not the right word either. It just like, you know, at the time it just made me feel everything. And so that was, that's yeah. always been more of a thing for me than anything else, which is why I don't pay as much attention to lyrics and stuff like that. Cause I care way more about like what the song makes me feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 but yeah, this ends up being a, a fine final track. Uh, I was being way too hard on it. Just judging it based on the <laughs> superiority of the track before it, because it's so good, but, uh, I, well, that's I, where, Oh, go ahead. I was say I love it. I just have qualms with the order. That's all. Mm, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I I I, I agree with that. Um, okay, well that takes care of track by track. Uh, so let's go to our lasting impressions of the record. I think that like again, I don't even know why we have this as a yeah. thing, but like, does it hold up? I mean, duh. Yes, God. it holds up. I mean, Doy. it's it's one of the more unique records from that time period. Uh, so not only, and it sounds like I mean, you this record could be from today. There's nothing. Other it would than sell maybe, a lot more to copies today. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> I mean, other than the lyrics being significantly "quote unquote" emo, mainly violently emo, yeah, violent. Um, like there's nothing that pegs this to 2001. Nope. Like nothing. It's it was a straight too- rock and roll album. Like, yeah. There's no weird effect. There's not even like, oh well, that's the snare drum everyone was using in 2001. You know what I mean? It's not even like yeah. that. Like the recording is classic. It's like really well produced uh it just but it sounds like you're kind of in a room with those guys not in a bad way like in the right way like i love that kind of record where it's just like we got a guitar here we got a guitar here they're really well mic'd up um we're not like doubling and tripling everything we're not trying to polish this thing um yeah so i mean i think you could literally release this today and it would be um which is why it's one of my favorite records yeah it's that good um so this is where things get more interesting with this band, I think. Is is it their best album? And like what are our thoughts about like what happens before and after this on Saves the Day in general? And we don't have to go like album by album. We'll probably do some of the other albums on the podcast eventually, but just like especially jumping to like in reverie, just because that's the next one. Like Right. I I mean the thing is with this band is they they had quite the carousel of member changes. So yeah, every iteration of Saves a Day that you hear on record is like a completely new group Different of guys, band. with the exception of Chris. 
So you almost have to like kind of put that to the side, like acknowledge that, you know, it's just almost like a completely different band by the next two records. Um, but then that, so, so what I'm saying, I guess, is that this group of guys playing together at this time with what was influencing them, that, that, that mo- the, how that moment aligned, like, I think that makes this their most important record. Cause that, that, that group of guys, like they encapsulate saves the day to me. Like everything after that is just like post this group of guys. This was, this was the record that kind of, well, and it also, I mean, they went towards green day and, um, freaking blink one, a two, they were op- opening app acts for the pop disaster tour. So obviously it opened a lot of doors for them too. Yeah. I mean, so let's put it this way. Their Wikipedia page, you know, every band Wikipedia page has that thing in the bottom that shows the like timeline of who's in the band when and what they played. They've got 18 people on that list. That's a ton of member changes. I mean, look, most bands have member changes for sure. Normally it's like, I'd say most bands, the most common thing is like, uh, it's our bass player. That's kind of the rotating thing or, you know, and maybe there's a couple things, but normally there's like a core. I mean, the core is Chris. That's it. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, and so I think you're right. I think that's the thing is that you can't like, it's a different set of guys. You can't recreate that thing. And maybe they didn't want to recreate that thing either, but, um, you know, it's just, it's, you get, you've got five guys on this record and you get a different couple guys you swap in for the next one. It's just going to be totally different. There's just no kind of way about it. Although they have a feel like, but I think it's mostly Chris. That's, that's, I think it's the vocals and the lyrics that are the thing that, and the melodies, that's what's really the connection between, if you took Chris out of it and let's say you could take through being cool, uh, this album and in reverie. And let's say that you could like take the stems of all the tracks and I sang on one record and Kyle sang on another one and Chris Conley sang on another one. Uh, you would not know it was the same band. Totally. Right. Is that fair? Totally. That to is say? completely fair. Yep. And so even with the same melody, same lyrics, just like three different singers, if you did it like that, kind of further seems forever style but the difference with further seems forever is like the singer was the difference and everything else was the same and so it still sounded like further seems it forever worked. yeah but this like i think you i think those three records are all really good i think that they and the reason i'm picking these three is just because they're the biggest ones and there's other great saves the day records after that i actually like their newer one too um it's more just straight punk rock or whatever but um but i think they're so different that you couldn't keep the fans from one to the other. I think that was the biggest problem is that like you had this album and then in reverie, Chris and I famously hated when it came out. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, they lost and, me on that one. And, and, and I, I also hated it when it came yeah, out. Danny, our lead singer, uh, loved it. And he was always a little more like he, he got when stuff was weird faster than, than Chris and I did. Cause we're just more straightforward pop guys. And, um, eventually I came around to liking in reverie a lot actually, but it was because I had to get out of the, I had to get out of the mentality of it being, uh, the same band, you know, does that make sense? Like I had to be like, no, right. this is different. It's like, like, don't compare it to, uh, stay what you are because it's just, it's not the same and don't try to like, and if you took this on its own face value, which I kind of had to do with further seems forever's last one too, or not last one, but the one with, um, bunch because, I was just like, this doesn't feel like further seems forever. And so I didn't like it. And then later on I came around to kind of being like, Oh, actually this is a good record. If I don't think of it like a further seems forever record, <laughs> that makes any sense. So I feel like that was their problem for me is that like, 
I had to, I had to kind of take every new album as like a fresh start almost. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, there's definitely connections, but it's not, I feel like it's more detached than most bands. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep that, is that a long rant for, does that make any sense? <laughs> no, I, I, I'm with you, dude. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that's kind of my best album. Yeah. I don't think that you can top this one just because it is like every song on it, every part of it. Like there's, there's not another album they have like that, that every single part of it I like, but they really do write good albums. I really yeah. do think you're right. They should be a, should be a bigger band than they were. Um, uh, in my humble opinion, I completely they agree. Write really, really good songs. And, um, and maybe it's the violent lyrics. Who knows? <laughs> maybe I, that's the problem. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, that's 18 different dudes on the Wikipedia page. That's a lot of members, you know? And so that you, um, that's hard to ever get in a groove kind of, I would, I would say. Um, so yeah, that kind of answers that. Any other thoughts from you guys on like best album, most important album, any of that kind of stuff? Nope. All right. Well, let's go to kind of our awards for the, uh, for the album desert Island songs, man, this one's really going to be hard. Uh, but if you had to pick two or three, um, what are you going to pick Chris? Um, obviously I talked about, um, this is not an exit being one of my favorite songs. So yeah. I, I picked that one. Um, and then I, I, I hate to go with the single. I just can't help myself. I, I, number two would be at your funeral, such a great song. Um, and, uh, number three, firefly was always one of my favorites. Cause it was, like I said, kind of that familiar feeling from through being cool, but in, in a, uh, you, you know, framed from the evolution to this album, uh, kind of juxtapose the two uh, versions of saves the day together really well and, and, and tied, tied the album up. So that's always been a go-to for me too. So those are my three. Kyle, what are your three? Uh, Mine are, this is not an exit jukebox breakdown and freakish. Ooh. Yep. Um, This is not an exit. Obviously, as I mentioned, one of my favorite songs ever. Um, I think I'm going at your funeral and cars and calories. I think those are my three favorites. Um, Good calls, all you guys. It's, gosh, I mean, it's like, but it's again, I there's not a really a bad part on this album. Did, yeah. did anyone not, admit? Did any one of us mention the fill on car, cars and calories? Well, I, I talked about the triplets, right? Okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, yeah, and how the bass is doing whatever. I would have been bummed out if we, if, if we hadn't. I just want to make sure. Uh, what about nobody's perfect? I mean, this might be a misnomer, actually, because. Is there so, is there a track on this record you would uh, even? I, there's skip? not one that I there's not one that I would even say I could possibly rate it significantly lower than every other song. I, there's this it's perfect. Can't do it. Not 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 this time. Not for me. Carl, what about you? Anything? I feel the same, and I and I also feel like uh, sometimes we there's there's other records that we've still said are perfect, but we maybe say that like oh well this song felt like maybe it didn't fit in on this record or it could have been on this record. And I think kind of going back to what you're talking about, Blake, about the member changes and how each, you know, each new record is almost a new band. Like, no, man, I want, I want all the songs from them from, from this session. And like, they all fit and it's perfect. Maybe, maybe, maybe if I'm being nitpicky, um, he could have, he could have been less violent on as your ghost takes flight. <laughs> there you go. Just take it down one notch, dude. If I'm being that's, that's fair. Um, and to be fair, I'm actually looking at it. It does look like it is the same personnel for in reverie, but that's it. 
after that, it's not. Is that right? Well, that- if that's the case, then then uh, I do have something to say about In Reverie. <laughs> it it yeah. looks, yeah, it looks like that. Yeah, it does that- look like In Reverie lines up. Shortly mm. after, though, um, two guys leave. So, okay. Um, yeah. So, I don't know. That's kind of one of those. Am I right on, am I reading this right? Yeah. It's hard no. to read. Oh, wait, no, no. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I'm totally wrong. Sorry. I was looking at the, the timeline wrong. Yeah, it's not. It's uh, it's shortly after this that uh, the two guys are gone. So, um, yeah. So you're right. After this record, it's this and through being cool that are the same group of guys. Okay. But uh, but not after that. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm I I don't think I can pick a song. I mean, like I said, Firefly. The beginning of it used to be kind of a thing where I was like, why is this song after that last perfect song? But I, it's still a fantastic song, and maybe I'd switch the order, but I actually don't even know if I'd switch the order now. I think that that's, um, that might be the thing. So what about Grower Not a Shower? Is there a song that maybe was not initially hitting you in uh, this 2001? Is, yeah, for me, this one's the easiest one, because this is not an exit. I did not get it the way I got it once I saw him live. Like it, okay. it, it took a whole new meaning to me. Maybe I would have gotten where I, I ended up, but... Um, it was a it was a song I liked, but I didn't I didn't it didn't hit me in the feels until I saw him play it live and everyone was singing along and then it took on a whole new meaning for me. What about you, Kyle? No, I mean I think maybe it took me a minute. Like I I love this record. I remember loving and geeking out over it, but like maybe it took me a second to acclimate to just the differences between this one and through being cool a yep. little bit. But I don't think so. I think everything was pretty awesome. From the get go, from the you know, I I remember not loving, not like not loving, but like I didn't get freakish at first. Like it didn't. There was something that didn't quite do it for me on that. You weren't headbanging. (laughs) No, but something about by the time it got released as a single, uh, maybe. I remember seeing the video at your house, Blake. Yeah, and so yeah, and I don't know if like. there was just, it was a different song, like the way it starts and then it kind of moves. So that, that was a grower thing. Cause I, it just felt like it was really, it was, um, it felt a little disjointed or something. I think when I first listened to it and, but I mean, now I love it. I mean, it, and it, it didn't take me very long. It's not like it's one of those things where we've had some other things on this where it's like, Oh, it took me, you know, years to appreciate a song or something. This is like, you know, still pretty quick into it. Um, and I don't think I was like skipping it at all. I mean, I, I wore this thing out in my CD player in my car and I don't remember And in fireflies the same way. It's like, even though at the end of this record, I kind of go like, ah, that should have been the last song. I still really like firefly. You know, I don't, I wouldn't even consider it a grower. It's just, uh, maybe I was turned off by the order, but yeah, I, I really can't think of, uh, there's not a bad verse on this. There's not a bad chorus. There's not, not a bad part. All the instruments are awesome. They're, I just can't say enough about how good this record is. And for them to be like 20 at the time. Yeah. This that, isn't yeah. even like. It's, it boils uh, your blood. Yeah. It's just, it's, um, yeah, it's really good. I mean, so they were literally, uh, yeah, that's just. Well, we all know, we've talked about the New Jersey music scene. They were in the right place at the right time, by golly. Uh, yeah, we didn't talk about New Jersey at all on this one, which is crazy. But yeah, you're right. This is another New Jersey band that, like, my gosh, they were just all, like, they. I mean, I'm guessing that competition is part of what yeah. made such a, um, I mean, it just makes everyone better. If you're, if you're 
in a scene and playing local shows with people as good as like these yeah, you're, guys. Yeah, you're, you have yeah. to be. Gonna maybe step up that's your game. What, yeah, you really do. I mean, so um, I don't know. It's crazy to me, but um, yeah, I think that's good. Any other thoughts that maybe you didn't get to on on this record at all, fellas, or saves the day in general? I mean, any any thoughts? Nothing. No, nothing. That's man. fine. Uh, really good record. Uh, highly suggested if you haven't. I don't know why you would have listened to this entire podcast if you haven't listened to this record, but uh, it's it worth it. And, and honestly, here's the other thing about Saves the Day. On most of their catalogs worth going through again, honestly. Yep. I think they make really good records, and uh, but sometimes that change from record to record, I think, was the, the problem to keep people around because they liked something so much, and then the next thing sounded a little bit different. Um, but they're all really good. They're, you just got to think of them as individual things, uh, like... I don't know, like uh, Tarantino movies or something. Yeah, oh, well, and, like, they, and they're still pretty prolific. Like the, they actually just put out a split with uh, Census Fail over Halloween that was called Through Being Ghoul, and they did Misfits oh. covers. It was it's it was oh, cool. That's cool. Yeah, and so. their last record had a had a twenty seven minute track on it. Uh, it's awesome. Oh, it's and like, and the most epic thing a band that has ever done in my eyes, like their opening song is oh, just called dude. saves the day. It's yes. So and it, and yeah. And it talks about them as a band. It's like, yeah, it's the third the third story. it's really cool. It's actually, that record's really good. And I do suggest it. And it's so funny because, uh, the first time I, I spun it, you know, it was like at work or something. I was like, Oh, new saves the day record. Let's throw it on. I was like, Oh, it's only nine tracks. That's weird. And then like, it's playing and I'm like, God, this record is, how is it still going? Did it repeat or something? And I looked down and like the ninth track is 27 minutes long and it's really like a bunch of songs. It's like this epic or whatever. Um, again, like who the heck is like, Hey, we're going to lay down a 27 minute song. A lot of albums are like 13 minutes longer than that. This album is probably 13 minutes longer than that. Uh, so I, I, pretty cool thing. They're still doing cool stuff. Um, and and obviously very talented guys, uh, no matter what group of guys it is, uh, they haven't had like a bad musician in their band basically is, is the point. Um, so highly suggest it. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, and again, if you like what you hear here, please consider giving us a glowing review on iTunes. And of course, please subscribe so new episodes conveniently show up on your phone when we release them. You can send us comments, disagreements, or suggestions at info at Finding Emo Pod or on Twitter at Finding Emo Pod or on Facebook at Finding Emo Pod or on Instagram at Finding Emo Pod. Uh, the next episode, we're not going to lie to you. We are actually going to do <laughs> this episode next because there's no reason, there's no chance. In hell, we're going to get the singer yep. from it to be on our podcast. That's a good point. Uh, because we're going to do Paramore's Riot. Uh, but maybe, hey, let's try to see. Does anyone know Haley's number or email? Can we try to mm, see yeah. if Haley will get on it? Do you ever tweet? Do a TikTok video in her honor for us. Yeah. And then I, would be intimid- I would be too intimidated to actually even do it because I think she's so awesome. I couldn't. Uh, I don't know if I could interview her. Um, it would be like uh, Chris Chris Farley interviewing. Yes, it like, would be Paul just McCartney. like Chris Farley with Paul McCartney. <laughs> that was awesome. Were that you awesome. really in the misery business? Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, so that's the next record we're gonna do. So uh, subscribe, and it'll just show up. Uh, and listen to the record. Uh, that's a good thing to do before you listen to the podcast. Um, and other than that, we'll catch you next time. Later. Peace.